Hey, readers and writers. This episode was recorded with Squadcast, a web-based software that records studio-quality episodes from anywhere in the world. Squadcast records at each user's end and then uploads it to the cloud. So even if the call quality wasn't great at the time, the end file is always perfect. So that's a good thing. And it's never lost, which is even better. <laughs> it's a paid service, so there is that. But for me, it's been worth it. If you're in the market for recording software, there's a link in the show notes to get a free trial. Now let's get on with the show. Actually, this was the first short story that I turned in um, when I entered my MFA program. And, you know, I, I expected it would be a short story, but it kind of went over surprisingly well with with those peer readers. And I realized uh, there's something here that people like. So, you know, I went ahead and committed to it and spent the next, you know, year or so uh, finishing this thing. Hi, MC. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, so where are you talking to us from today? I am in Ohio. Um, I'm okay. an Ohio-based writer. Interesting, because the book that we're talking about is South Carolina. Correct. Yeah, I spend uh, some time down there but I live in Ohio. Okay. Are you a bit of a snowbird? Like, do you spend the warm months down yeah, I, in the I, warmer climate? Correct. Or yeah, I guess the cold months in the warmer climate. That makes more <laughs> sense. Uh, it doesn't quite work out that way, but yeah, whenever I'm able, I, I head south. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name's MC Schmidt. I'm uh, an author and a writer. Uh, had quite a few short stories published. I've written a few mm -hmm. novels. Um, most are out of print at this point. My new novel is called The Decadence. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just released by Library Tales Publishing. Um, you know, I have an MFA in creative writing from Miami University, married with three children. Um, that's about as interesting as it gets. <laughs> Well, um, let's talk about the, well, the book we're talking about is The Descendants. Um, uh, why, uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? The the Decadence. The Decadence. Yeah. I've said The Descendants tonight. I've been, okay, brain malfunction. There we go. No, I have those all the time. That's no problem. Uh, but yeah. The Decadence. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, The Decadence, um, you know, it's a dark comedy. Uh, it's about mm -hmm. a fast food franchisee in South Carolina, kind of an old, uh, older, volatile fellow, outwardly very successful, but but is just perpetually nagged by this uh, feeling that he's never achieved the respect that he deserves, you know, from his peers and his community and his family. Mm -hmm. um, so the book basically just chronicles um, some of the schemes that he that he comes up with to sort of gain this elusive respect uh, and they're they're pretty outrageous uh, some questionable uh, legality to some of them mm -hmm. uh, and of course they're all doomed to fail and, <laughs> of course yeah and you know it's it's very you know 
comedy forward book. It's it's fairly absurd. A lot of highbrow comedy, a little bit of lowbrow comedy. Um, characters are unique and and you know I think hard to forget. You know, at least mm-hmm. I still remember them. So <laughs> yeah, um, I have to say, despite my 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 brain malfunction there, I was going to ask you like why the Descendants. I didn't understand it, but the decadence makes much more sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's some irony there in that title. Uh-huh. It's, it's so, you know, he makes his his money in fast food, and then his his wife, his partner, um, has an obsession with as seen on TV. So there's this this kind of cheapness to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they have they have this empire that's sort of built on cheapness, and it's you know only kind of ironically decadent. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was you know, a fitting title for the, for the humor of the book. I enjoy it. I have to say, um, I haven't finished the book yet. I'm about probably about halfway through it now. Um, and I'm definitely getting like, um, uh, the righteous gemstones vibe. I don't know why, but that's, that's kind of a vibe I'm getting from the characters. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't actually seen that show, but Okay. Um, My husband watches it. I usually <laughs> watch it over his shoulder sometimes. Yeah, you know, I've seen I, I try not to look at customer reviews, but I mm-hmm. fail because, you know, when people <laughs> are talking human. about you, you want to know, you know what they're saying. Right. Um, and I've seen a lot of, there, there's a, I've seen Seinfeld and uh, Schitt's Creek and, you know, the, the, so mm-hmm. there's kind of a sitcom-ish quality to it i suppose that it's mm-hmm. registering with people okay so what was the path you took to creating this book how did this idea start for you well i used to work um actually a little while ago now uh for a restaurant parts distributor and they mm-hmm. mainly sold to one fast food chain and there was mm-hmm. a franchisee who used to come in and he was a, you know, I'm sure a perfectly nice man. I'm mm-hmm. sure he loved people and things and was kind in his own way. But when I saw him, he was always quite boastful and kind of volatile, you know, in this, mm-hmm. in this one very specific circumstance when he would come in and, and uh, interact with the staff of this company I worked for. And I started to try to amuse myself with, well, what must this guy be like? in his real life. Like if he acted like this all the time, how Mm -hmm. would he be? And kind of started from there. I mean, as I mentioned, the main character of this book is a, is a pretty, um, I like to think of him as a guy you love to hate, you know, sympathetic in his own way, but not exactly likable. Um, Right. And then that all began with, you know, this sort of lampooning I was privately doing of this man. (laughs) you know, to, to get through having to interact with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah, I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun if he had an adult son who was exactly as volatile as him, but in a totally different direction, you know, if uh-huh. you were like, an, like an artist who was, you know, um, you know, not this, this kind of bootstraps, uh, you know, self-made businessman guy, you know, who always wants to tell you about how he's a self-made businessman. And mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't it be fun to watch those two clash? And that's kind of how it all started. Awesome. Um, 
Now, you said you were writing short stories, too. Um, did you start writing short stories about this story? Did you jump right into um, long format? Yeah, I started. Actually, this was the first short story that I turned in um, when I entered my MFA program. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I expected it would be a short story, but it kind of went over surprisingly well with with those peer readers. And mm -hmm. I realized uh, there's something here that people like. So, you know, I went ahead and committed to it and spent the next, you know, year or so uh, finishing this thing. Awesome. I was going to ask also, how long did it how long has has this process taken you from like first idea to completion? Well, the the first idea, you know, as, as I mentioned, it, it uh, kind of began as this just kind of fun thing I was doing to get mm -hmm. through the day right. at work. But you know, uh, I probably had some version of this idea for you know five or six years at this point, but I didn't start writing until maybe two years ago. Okay. Did you do a lot of COVID writing? I did. Um, I, I do try to write every day anyway, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I did for sure. <laughs> I find a lot of people I'm talking to lately is uh, they they all have like COVID books. They all have the books they finished during COVID because they had so much extra time. Yeah, it's weird, you know, because I I had this this thought of um, you know in a you know in 2020, I thought, well, it's going to take about six months, eight months, 12 months before mm -hmm. we're just inundated with stories about plagues. So I mm -hmm. tried very hard not to write that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, since then, I, you know, I, I just finished uh, the book Severance by Ling Ma. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's a plague book and it's wonderful. And I think I might have <laughs> had some bad instincts there. I maybe should have written my own. <laughs> you know, I thought the same as you when, um, when, you know, when lockdown was full underway, I was thinking like, you know what, in like nine months, instead of babies, we're just going to have a whole bunch of books about people getting sick and zombies and apocalypses. Yep. And surprisingly, and we still have them. a stomach for it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. When you're normally writing a story, I know you got, it sounds like you got this idea from a specific circumstance, circumstances, um, but do you normally start with theme or do you start with plot and theme, com theme comes out of that? Theme is definitely the last to, to come out of it. I, I tend to start with uh, something very small, like a, a situation or even a sentence, or you know, if it's a funnier story, maybe a joke, um, mm -hmm. something that appeals to me. And then I try to think, well, you know, what what scene can I build around this situation or this line of dialogue or this mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of build the plot from there. Um, and then usually when I'm some way into it, I can step back and say, all right, so so what is this about? What do I need to mm -hmm. go back and try to like bring out to make right. this actually about something? I think one of my previous guests um, had made either they were paraphrasing as someone had already said, or if they had said themselves that they write for plot and edit for theme. Yeah, that's that's a great way to say it. I mean, it's it, it almost feels pretentious, I guess, for me personally, not to, you know, I'm sure mm -hmm. other people are probably 
better at me at this at me than this or then <laughs> um, getting the authors are great with words yeah i'm clearly in, uh, in <laughs> communication but um yeah to say i'm gonna write a story about loss you know i'm, I'm gonna write the great story about loss seems like a thing someone i wouldn't want to know would do mm -hmm. Rather, like i'm gonna write a story about you know this rabbit and uh oh it turns out the story about the rabbit is about loss mm -hmm. try to bring up bring out those elements uh, later on right yeah i never know what the theme of my work is until i'm basically done and i go i'm going back through it yeah I'm just writing down a story at that point yep just telling a tale Mm hmm. How do you um? How do you plot out your stories? Like, how in depth do you go, or do you plot it all? Honestly, I, I try not to do it at all. Um, okay. I. You seem to be in the minority for that. I feel like a lot of people are in the opposite end. They're very like uh, make spreadsheets and everything for plots. I see for, to <laughs> me, and and I, I might be. I, I I don't know. I might be in the minority. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I read. You're in the minority of people that I have talked. Oh, to oh sure, sure, sure. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't doubt that. I just, you know, I just don't know. Um, uh huh. So, it, it seems to me that, you know, since I read a lot of fiction, I feel like mm -hmm. if I sat down, like I, if I had an idea, and I sat down and say, "All right, well, well, what would a writer do? You know, like where would a writer go with this? Um, mm -hmm. I would end up writing somebody else's story or, or a story anyone." Could right. write something like that as opposed to um you know i have this situation i'm going to sit down and and make whatever choice seems appropriate and do that mm -hmm. you know and the culmination of it is i end up in some place i never expected and maybe you know it you know for all i know it's not as good as if i sat down and plotted in advance right but you know it's my story and you know right it, it's I, I i guess if i there's a fine line, you know, I guess, where I want people to like it and I try very hard to, to, mm -hmm. to make what I what I'm writing, you know, you know, appealing. But at the same time, I, I don't want to say, well, what is the best thing to do to make the most people enjoy this? You know, do you know what I mean? I, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Plot, yeah. Plotting would lead me down some safer road. And. Mm -hmm you know, it's not, I'm not pursuing a bestseller. I'm, I'm pursuing the best. A good story. Of, yeah. The best version of a story that only I can tell, I guess. Mm -hmm. I also think um, the decadence strikes me as a one-off. Like I don't, will there be a sequel? Question mark. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I, um, yeah, I, I got the impression that it would—it was just like a one story, and yeah. perhaps plotting is more um, important to people who are writing a series. Maybe where they have to think of far arcing plots, possibly. Yeah, that that, that would make sense. I do have uh, quite a bit that I ended up cutting out, which I thought, well, maybe I'll make you know mm -hmm. a short story out of some of these, so the characters might might you know find their way into something else eventually, but. Mm -hmm. it's not a thing i'm you know, put it in your uh to use later in another story folder 
Yeah, yeah, they're, you know, it's one of those uh, kill your darling situations where, like, I cut mm -hmm. stuff out, but there's stuff there that I like, so I thought, eh, surely I can use this right. somewhere. You know. <laughs> I, I think I ran into that recently. I was working. Um, I I have the story. I keep reworking and reworking. And it's I finally cut the first line that I ever wrote in that story. And it's like my husband's like, you can use it in another story somewhere. It's fine. I'm like, but you don't understand. It was it was the first it was the first thing I came up with. And it just nope. like a stab to the heart. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that it, part of what uh, part of the challenge of, of this. Uh, of writing, I think, is kind of learning to like let that kind of thing go. Like I, I, I mm -hmm. try not to. I know people, um, writers who, like they they wrote this novel and they love this novel and they're just all you know, I'm gonna, you know, like like this is my novel, you know. Mm -hmm. so I, I try to take the attitude of like, okay, well that's a thing I finished and now hopefully. It, it does well and gets to the most readers it can find, but mm -hmm. it's dead to me. And there's no sentimentality. <laughs> what's what's next uh, mm -hmm. is is what I aim to do. Not always successful at it, though. Mm -hmm. I I I feel similarly when I'm writing short stories. It's like, okay, that was a thing I did, and let let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Speaking of short stories, you said this started as one. What was your process converting the short story to long format? Well, the uh, the first the, the short story was a an early draft of the first chapter. Okay, which um, is kind of odd now because I rewrote that chapter a bunch of times and now it's nothing at mm -hmm. all. The short story was, except mm -hmm. for, there's one central conversation um, between the main character and his son that, that remains, but everything else is totally different. So it was really, you know, just like anything else, you know, like, okay, well, where did I stop writing last night? And like, what makes sense as the first sentence that I'm going to write tonight. And where does that take me? It's, you know, mm -hmm. kind of building it, you know, sentence by sentence until it is eventually in some other place with some other, you know, um, situation or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was kind of taking a look at it and saying, well, what do I have? What's the tone? How do I, how do I stick with this tone? And, and, Kind of project this into a, a, a wider space. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned writing tonight. I take it then you write in the evenings. I do. Um, typically, I have trouble sleeping. I always have. Mm -hmm. um, so I tend to write when everyone else goes to bed, and mm -hmm. that's usually around ten o'clock or so. And I'll write until around. Midnight, if it's an average night or if it's a good night, you know, maybe into the morning. That's not a bad chunk of time. How many words are you getting out of that on average? Uh, well, I tend to write kind of carefully and slowly. Like I know people who will just bang out that first draft and to get as many pages as possible. But mm -hmm. the person who stares into space for minutes at a time and then writes a sentence. Um, so I'm 
you know, probably getting around 750 to a thousand words a night. Okay. That's not bad. Um, I was recently talking to um, another author and he impressed me so much. He's writing like 3000 words a day. And I'm like, Oh my God, tell me your secret. How do you get yeah. that many words out? Yeah. I <laughs> like a lot of people. I read uh, Stephen King's book on writing. Mm -hmm. And I forget now as I sit here, what the number, I don't know if he counts it in pages or words, but uh, he said, Oh, you know, like a good night is like, 40,000 pages and like that, you know. <laughs> That's a whole novel, one yeah, night. But, but why don't you convert this into like human terms? Like right. What, what, what should we expect to be able to do if we're not Stephen King? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I wrote four novels last night. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm, I struggle to get usually about a, well, when I'm writing, I struggle to get about a thousand a day. And that's just, you know, luck of the draw between kids at school and work and other, everything else. Yep. So how have you found that your writing's changed over time? Well, I guess, first of all, maybe we should ask, how long have you been writing? Um, I have been writing for, gosh, since I was teenager uh so at this point 30 years uh, okay i started out uh writing rhyming children's poems oddly which okay a couple of which i was going to ask if you remembered what your first thing you wrote was yeah yeah so a, a few i guess i think three actually got published in various places but um, oh nice then i transitioned to adult uh prose and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a common i've, I've read or heard a, a lot of people say that they all started or that these particular people started out um trying to emulate ernest Hemingway and that's got fitzgerald there, there's a there's some kind of mm -hmm. specifically romantic uh you know thing about that time and place, I guess, that appeals to some of us. Mm -hmm. But I started out the same way, thinking, oh, I'm going to write this great, important literature. Mm -hmm. If you cut to today, I'm talking to you about a story that has a taxidermied rabbit with no ears. Uh, <laughs> so not a serious, not a serious literary writer. Uh, I, I guess the answer to your question is I, I kind of learn that I'm not good at that. Like I can emulate that, mm -hmm. voice, but I can't produce that, that literature. Um, I realize that I'm kind of better positioned in more of a humorous space. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, once I realized that I, I, you know, I, I think I've developed, uh, you know, some pretty good skills in, in those areas. Mm -hmm. So how, how long did it take you to find your voice? Like uh, if you were emulating Hemingway first? Uh, too long, a long, long time. <laughs> That's usually the case. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, yeah, it was a long, I, I'm surprised I stuck with it, actually. It, it's, it was a situation where like, like, all right, yeah, it's fine. This is a fine story. There are like three good sentences in this story but mm -hmm. otherwise who cares and that that was the the way for a long long time and at some point you know i realized that that 
kind of in my life, I, I tend to, you know, uh, hide behind humor and, and like try to be witty. And when I started incorporating that into uh, the stories, it, it all kind of unlocked a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone in your life that reads for you and helps you, I don't know, hone your tone? Um, off and on I have, yeah. My, obviously my wife reads everything, but I have some mm -hmm. peer uh, readers as well who I know won't hesitate to tell me when I'm terrible, which is... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so important. Yeah, it's it's so useful. Uh, <laughs> and I feel bad because I'm, I'm uh, you know, kind of a, a... I try to be sort of kind. Like, I, I have a hard time. Like, all I want is for them to say, you know what, this is terrible. And I have such a hard uh -huh. time saying, <laughs> like, reciprocating and saying, oh, you know. Right. You know, this isn't great. I was like, well... I see what you're trying to do here and maybe it's just, mm -hmm. me, but, you know, as opposed to the, the useful advice, which is you went wrong here. You should probably fix it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That I, I am right with you in that, but on that boat, like when I have someone read it, I just, I want them to tell me where it went wrong. Like that's all I need out of it. Right. But at the same time, when you're giving them advice, you're like, Oh, I really liked how you did this. And then you try to like sugarcoat the bad stuff. And I just, I can't seem to get out of that habit of being like nice. Yeah. <laughs> that I, makes sense. Oh no, that makes perfect sense. I, uh, you know, I'm always excited when someone sends me something to read and, and mm -hmm. I always enjoy, you know, like just, just ha having the respect of that person, you know, is it's a, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. And then, um, it, it's so hard to, I reread those, those notes over and over and over. Like, am I being too mean? Am I being too <laughs> dumb? It's so hard. We want them to be mean to us, but we can't be mean in return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I deserve it in fairness and they don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we're currently marketing, um, the decadence. Um, how have you, what's your favorite way to market this work so far? Uh, I mean, the obvious correct answer is this podcast, but yes, um, very true. The truth is, uh, I find everything about marketing to be extraordinarily uncomfortable and uh -huh. out of, out of my comfort zones. Um, I feel like, like 99% of authors give the exact same answer. Like, oh. Well, that's we all love the writing and we all hate the marketing and nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. There's, there's a, I mean, I don't know this for fact, but I mean, it just seems mm -hmm. to me there's got to be some correlation between a, a person who's kind of humble and good in isolation, wanting to write, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not, not realizing being, there's this whole thing of you have to be also social and interact with people yeah. and tell them about your work. Yeah. Like that's, can I hire, like I would, like a Sarah right. Bergerac situation would be perfect for me where I'll do the work and then you can go like be the charming guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is this self-published? Are you publishing through an agency uh, or it, a house? It's published through a boutique publisher called library tales publishing okay yeah. 
And did you, I don't know. I never know how to phrase this question. It's like, did you approach them or do you have an agent who then approached them? I approached them. Um, okay. It's, you know, it's kind of a it's niche. It's so complicated these days, how just the different ways you can do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, it's kind of a niche humor book. Like it, you know, a lot of people, and I've, I've seen this in, in some customer reviews, you know, you say, oh, it's a humorous book. And a lot of people mm -hmm. think, well, it's, it's a cozy romance or whatever, you know, like there's a, right. It, it's, it's, it's not that at all. It's a kind of a, it's for a specific sense of humor and it's not necessarily kind of, uh, kind of skewed for like a broad audience. It's, mm -hmm. it's for the right audience, you know, and it, right. So I looked for publishers who were doing, you know, kind of niche humor and library tales was, was one of those. And mm -hmm. I approached them and I got along with, with, uh, them when they called me back and yeah, so that's excellent. That's what I went with. Well, I have to say if this ever gets optioned and turned into any kind of visual format, my husband would love it. He is not a reader. I'm, I'm a writer who'd married a non-reader, <laughs> but this is exactly his type of humor. And I've been kind of pestering him like, you should read this. You would love this. <laughs> he doesn't work in Hollywood, does he? This could be a... No, no, he's in marketing. <laughs> his... Yeah. But he's like in like industrial marketing, so completely not helpful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> too bad, but that's very yeah. nice of you. Thank you for saying this. <laughs> Um, so what were your biggest influences for this book and any, I guess, short stories behind? Do you have, um, I know you mentioned like the Hemingway, the connection before, but anything else? Yeah. Well, so that stuff, you know, as, as great as those guys are, it almost feels like juvenile, you know, like that, that was a part of my, oh, okay. No, oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, huge influence, but I, I tried to grew out of it. Yes, tried so long to emulate it and failed. And there's, a, I guess, a bit of, of, uh, I don't know, some kind of block there. But um, then I found Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Joseph Heller, and they kind of changed my life. And mm -hmm. these days, um, you know, there's so many kind of funny writers, um, you know. Alyssa Nutting and, and George Saunders and, and Lou Geddes and, and Kevin Wilson and all those guys. Um, you know, if you're trying to write humorous fiction, all of those people are, are kind of the standard, in my opinion, these days. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's just, there's so many great writers these days, uh, Jennifer Egan and Lydia Millet and people like this who, uh, keep me trying to be better all the time mm -hmm. you know like oh this we can be this good i guess i should try to be that good <laughs> what are you currently working on i'm obviously marketing the decadence but are you doing a writing project in the background as well oh yeah um so i'm actually i'm taking this week to assemble and edit a short story collection um okay those are always fun. Yeah, that's kind of my, you know, like the novel is kind of the premier form, I guess. But for mm -hmm. me, short stories are, are 
more of a, a passion. I, I it, it's so hard to do it well, and I want so much to mm-hmm. be someone who can do it well. So I spend a lot of my time writing short stories, and I think this collection is pretty pretty good. Um, but then I also have the first draft of a young adult uh, paranormal novel that Interesting. may or may not be anything. I don't know, but <laughs> it exists and uh, you know, it has a beginning, middle, and end. It might be mm-hmm. terrible. I haven't read it. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. I like that you're jumping genres like that. Yeah. And can I say how much I love short stories? They're like a little like snack of reading. Like you can just devour one. You get the whole story arc all in one go. I love them. Yeah. But at the same time, that, that's true what you say, but but it's a form that you can you can read that same story over and over and over when it's oh, yeah. well. And you the realize- good ones change every time you read them yeah the the depth of it it's i i don't claim to do it well but boy would i like mm-hmm. them. yeah i i can only i think i can only think probably i don't know two or three that have been that good that every time i read them i get got something else out of them um but yeah when you find those those are gold yeah yeah all right. Well, we have reached the end of our Q and A. Um, where can listeners connect with you online? Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, technically, <laughs> technically, <laughs> I mean, I, I have an account. Do I post mm-hmm. there sometimes? I guess uh, at MC Schmidt twelve. I think, uh, and if not, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure I will include it in the show notes. So (laughs) in case you're wrong, the correct one will be in the show notes. And and if I'm wrong, I'm sure whoever MC Schmidt 12 is, is a perfectly lovely. We'll be delighted. Yeah. Go there. (laughs) Or her. I don't know. Um, That's about it, really. I I think I technically have an Instagram, but I, my wife set that up and I, I don't think I've ever even been there. So okay, uh, Twitter is the answer. And where can they get a copy of The Decadence, not The Descendants? <laughs> uh, Amazon would be the, the obvious place. It's available for Kindle Unlimited, uh, Kindle paperback, and there's a hardcover, I think, still available. Um, you can also, we're in select indie bookstores, but you'd have to look it up, you know, in your area to see mm-hmm. if it's there. If not, I'm sure they can order it. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, as someone who has not finished the novel yet, but I'm really enjoying it so far. I've actually already got a couple of people pegged who are getting this for Christmas. It's it's pretty good. Oh, that's it's very nice. That's that's wonderful. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I just I have quirky friends and I know they're gonna enjoy this kind of format. And I'll, maybe I'll give one to my husband too and try to make him read it. Well, that's yeah. I, it is definitely for people with a quirky sense of humor right? as much as i would love mm-hmm. to say everyone will love this mm-hmm. everyone won't love this but the right person really might I, mm-hmm. I think i hope i think i have a couple of right people in my life that will <laughs> love it all right well it was wonderful talking to you today that was great talking to you thank you Read and Write Podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Zebar. 
Music was provided by Lo-Fi Girl and can be found at lofigirl.com or on their YouTube channel. Audio effects were created by Red Octopus and Black River Phonogram. Show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, read, and write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read and Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Monday's live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays. <laughs>